the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 131 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your week to spend with us today. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365Pod, and myself at Justin Hughes365, and you can find Andrew at AMCQ82. And if you haven't done so yet, our Facebook group, Baseball365, is a great place to find other passionate people about fantasy baseball. We have over or close to 3,000 members talking about the game every single day of the year, all 365 days. There is always a conversation going on over there. We're talking about players and think how, how people are performing down the stretch, injuries, you know, dynasty talk, you know, early rankings for next year. There's all kinds of discussions going on over there. And if you haven't joined it, I highly recommend you do so. And the last recommendation or I guess request I would put out here before we get to talking about the show is to find each if you can support us by going to iTunes and leaving us a five star rating, maybe writing a nice review for our show. It's a good way to help us get our names out there. And if you did that, we would be very appreciative. And as always, all of these plugs can be found in the show notes in the podcast. Well, it's the beginning of September. Actually, I think it's September 10th, so we're a third of the way into September. And a lot of fantasy baseball players end up switching their focus to fantasy football. We just had our first football game of the season on Thursday night. Drafts are finishing up. So anyways, then when when winter hits, a lot of focus goes towards the end of the like the end of season lines for baseball. But what sometimes goes unnoticed are the guys who get hot in the second half finish strong. And in this episode, Andrew and I are going to look into some of these top performing hitters and see if there's anything to take away from their strong second halves. Let's get Andrew on, and Andrew, the question of the day is involves our favorite team, the Tampa Bay Rays. They have had a record 13 players record at least one save this season. Not surprising at all that the Rays are the ones that ended up breaking this record. I think we've ranted about this a little bit the last few years. Question for you, who, who has the most career saves for the Tampa Bay franchise? Man, I thought about this. I don't. I don't even really have a guess. Um, I. The first two I thought of were Fernando Rodney and Alex Colome, but it's probably, if I had to guess, somebody from like ten to fifteen years ago that I'm just blanking on. I have no idea. Fernando Rodney feels like he was about ten years ago, and he would <laughs> he would have been my guess too. That would have been mine if you if I had been asked this. And the, yeah. the, neither one of those is the correct answer. We're going back from 1998 to 2000, and that would be Roberto Hernandez, who has 113 saves. Oh, actually, did I just say that right? I thought you were going to say their all-time leader had like 10. <laughs> <laughs> that would be more fair. Because of how much they changed it. Uh, well, however many Rodney had, because uh, there's he, actually he, I think he had like two years in a row of just like. Well, he's been on so many different teams. That's why I was like, I know it's probably not him, but 
I just was blanking on who they had, you know, years back. I just, and I wasn't going to cheat and look it up because it's no fun when you do that. So, well, Roberto was only there for three seasons, so I think yeah. Rodney was on the team about as long as Roberto was, and it was fun to look at his stats, especially in 1998. He had 26 saves for the Rays. His K per nine and walk per nine were way too close. 6.94 K per nine, 5.17 walks per nine with a four oh ERA. And he had 26 oh saves. <laughs> and after that, they I mean, he still closed for two more seasons after that with um, 43 the next year and 32 the next year before ending wow. up in Kansas City. And that's how I when I heard his name, I'm like, it wasn't that the Royals closer when I started playing fantasy baseball. And sure enough, yeah, 2002, he was their closer. Yeah, I definitely remember him. I just would never have picked him out. Nope, nope. I don't even remember that he was a Ray. So I guess 98 was their inaugural season, if I recall. So he was their first closer, if I have that right. I think 98 was their first season. So Roberto Hernandez. pretty, Pretty sure that's right. Closer for the first three seasons, holding the record probably for another, what, 50 to 100 seasons because that's the Tampa Bay game. Okay, well, we got some second-half performers to talk about. I basically opened up fan tracks and pulled up to see, looked at each position to see who the leaders were in performance on their rating system in the second half, and that led me to digging in to see exactly where lines started turning around for players and I've got at least one player from each position that we're going to touch on Andrew and we're going to start off with catcher and we're going to talk about Dalton Varsho who was a trendy player in drafts this last season the question was when will he or will he be up and will he get enough time playing time because he offered something that not many others did and that was a power speed combo at catcher or at least a little bit of each, I should say. So going into Labor Day, uh, Varsho's season line in 196 at-bats it was 224 with a 318 on base and an OPS of 742 with nine home runs and four steals. So it doesn't really look that great at, whenever you're looking at that line. But if you dig in there and you look at just since the All-Star break, Varsho's hit 286 with eight home runs and three steals in 112 at-bats. That Carson Kelly was had an injury, and that opened up, uh, and the Diamondbacks weren't playing well, and that opened up some playing time for Varsho. And though he struggled early, he's gotten a lot of playing time lately, and it has performed. And he's going to have catcher and outfield elig- eligibility going into next year. So we won't know his playing situ- situation, uh, his playing time situation this offseason. But Andrew, in draft and hold leagues, you got to draft early. I'm curious where you he'd settle on your rankings. So we're going to play a him or him game with Varsho if you're doing a draft right now for next year and kind of run down some catchers here. I'm going to kind of breeze past the three obvious guys that I'm pretty certain he'll be behind and Salvador Perez, Will Smith, Real Muto. And I'm going to start with the fourth and fifth guys here. I think he's still behind them, but I want to make sure, see if there's any hesitation on either. Wilson Contreras and Grandal, is he still behind those guys? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I would have him behind them. Just for, I mean, if anything else, we don't know his playing time situation. Just the security of it, yeah. 
Yeah, I would have him behind those guys. So I got a couple other guys who or some veterans behind him. Um, what about him versus Posey? Uh, I think that's pretty close. Um, Posey's definitely the safer option. I mean, so much of Posey's, I mean, Posey's had a great year. I've owned him, loved owning him. Um, so much of his value's tied up in batting average though this year. Mm-hmm. And, um, that can swing. That can swing. So I generally trust him for it. He's probably fine, but he's also had more pop than I would project him for next year, probably. So close. Um, yeah, I think that's right about the range. I'm not sure. Yeah, to me. If you want the if you want the upside play, it's it's Varsho, but um, Posey's pretty steady. So. Yeah, I'm probably going Posey in the draft and hold format for the playing time. But I mean, that's not even a guarantee. I mean, if he comes back next year, things aren't going right for the Giants. I mean, he's a free, he's they've got a club option on him this offseason, and I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming they will try. I mean, I can't imagine him being on another club. I'd imagine that he's he's a guy that they'll bring back, but it, they might work out something in between if that club option's a high number. Uh, yeah. Yadi Molina, who has re-upped with the Cardinals for next year. Varsho. Okay, so you got Varsho ahead of him. So that, that says something right there because Molina's another one of those safe playing time, but also very limited ceiling and declining skills. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, I like, I like Yachty. I, I just think. Uh, I mean, Varsha went ahead of him this year. I want to say. Yeah, he? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. So, um, I always like Yachty where he goes. I'm sure I'll like Yachty where he goes next year. But I mean, like just straight up, I would take Varsha. Yeah. What about Gary Sanchez? Probably Varsha. Yeah, as long as you know, as long as the playing time you're you're as we enter next season like he's got a pretty regular role I, i'm pretty sure i would take far show yeah well that's the thing we're we're talking this off season whenever we don't know that yet yeah i think still far show so it sounds like you've got him as a back half top 10 guy if i if i'm kind of probably right yeah off the top of my head we got the five eight, that you put him behind eight to 10 yeah eight to 10 maybe somewhere in there i don't know yeah that's a pretty strong ranking. I mean, you're going to have to pay a I mean, I shouldn't say you're because He that, is he is second, if you can believe this, second in uh FanGraphs war in the second half among catchers, ahead of Sal Perez. Wow. Believe it or not. That's crazy, ain't it? That is crazy. That's impressive right there. Okay, well, let's move on to first base and we're going to talk about Josh Bell, who started the year horribly. He looked awful, absolutely terrible in the first month or so of the season. I pulled it up, and on May 12th, at that point, he had 91 plate appearances, and his stat line was a 133 batting average, a 198 on base, and a 289 slug with three home runs. There were questions being asked everywhere if he was cooked. Uh, since then... It's been much better since May 12th. Uh, he's hit 284 with a 352 on base, 524 slug, and 21 home runs in 364 plate appearances. Much, much better. And since the All-Star break, he's hit 267 with 12 home runs and 161 at bats. So the power is definitely surging here. 
You sounded worried, Andrew, in our um, first change our mind, like players we've changed our mind podcast in May. But are you, are you feeling a, back in anymore after a strong second half? Because this is a guy that both of us liked at his ADP before the season. Yeah, I mean, you have to feel better than you did. I think. I mean, he's kind of starting to turn in the type of season I would have expected, really, from the start. So just. Um, started rough, obviously, but yeah, he's come around quite a bit, so you got to feel good about that. So let's play a him or him game with some first baseman. Um, what about Paul Gold? Him versus Paul Goldschmidt, who's had a strong second half himself. Goldschmidt, I agree. Matt Olson, it's clearly it's Olson, right? He's been amazing. Yeah, yeah, Olson. Okay, let's move into. His... I think Olson. Man, Olsen's going to go high next year. Yeah, I th- I'm curious. He's going to go. He's going to go pretty high. Yep. I mean, and deservedly so. I mean, he's made some changes. I mean, 16% strikeout rate in the second half, 14% walk rate. I mean, that's the Cody Bellinger numbers from about three years ago. Yeah, he's been awesome. What about Max Muncy with the Dodgers, who will have multi-position eligibility with him also? Um, I would take Muncie over Bell. Jose Abreu? Abreu. Okay. Uh, another strong second half, or a second, another guy who's having a resurgence here with Joey Votto. Uh, I think you got to take Votto, but it's getting closer. Okay. So we're not moving him up significantly higher than he really was before the season, but, so I, but, Still, probably one of those. Yeah, guys. no, I think I think off the top of my head, I I would take him around where I took him this year. Like Rizzo, Rizzo or him? I didn't put him on the list. I'm just looking at. Uh, probably depends some on where Rizzo goes. We won't know. Um, that's pretty close. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good. Like that feels like a give me the guy that's going later situation if, if yeah. there's a gap between them i think straight up i would take rizzo but yeah maybe like if one's you know if bell's a few rounds later then i would just wait and take him something like that yeah i think i agree with you there so josh bell we're we're feeling better about but not saying that we're putting him in yeah definitely definitely better than you know f like june 1st or whatever we talked about it last <laughs> right around i mean it was just a rough start, but yeah, he's come around. And like I said, I mean, he's kind of right now where we thought he would be at this time, you know, roughly um, at the start of the year. So that's good. It's like he caught up to after being way behind where we'd hoped. So yes. that's good. In rotisserie, all, the end of season stats is the most important thing. And he's right. giving you good ones this year. Yeah, definitely. All right, second base, we're going to talk about Brandon Lau, who was another one of those guys that looked lost uh, as of June 9th. So we're going two months into the season. It, he had 243 plate appearances, and he had a 188 batting average with a sub-300 OBP, 298, and only a 361 slug with 10 home runs. And since June, tw- starting on June 10th, since then, 271 batting average, 366 OBP, 
a 622 slug with 23 home runs and 290 plate appearances. Andrew, I'm not sure either of us were really big and high on Lau going into this season. And he's kind of had a tale of two halves here. Where do you sit on him right now compared to where you felt about him before the season? Um, I would say maybe a little bit more in. I don't I don't know. I mean I was just kinda not really in on him and I uh, was definitely wrong on that. I mean he's hit for a lot of power. Been good. Um, especially in the second half, like you said. As far as whether that means I'll be in next year, I don't know. I, I for some reason I just I, can't, I just can't get on board with this guy at his price. Like at you know based on what you have to pay for him, I think the price is going to be high. I mean he's been really good. You know eighty plus runs in RBI, thirty three homers. I mean he's going to go pretty high in drafts I think and I think I'm gonna probably talk myself out of it again but that doesn't mean he hasn't been good I mean the more I see from him the better I feel about it I suppose but yeah just kind of where I'm at I mean I don't see a lot of speed I mean he's gonna have to provide that power he's even not really giving you the batting average this year so I don't know I'm just kind of not really sure what to make of it but i probably a guy i won't be in on again next year because i think he's gonna go high take a guess see if you can how well you can remember this what was his adp this offseason oh i want to say like five round five or six okay so you're right in the range it was 73.5 yeah, I, I was gonna say 75 yeah to 80 somewhere in there that surprised me i just pulled it up while you were talking and that really surprised me and I think he's going to go – you think he'll go higher or lower than that? Well, with what he's done this year, I think there's a good chance he goes even higher. I think he might get himself – I don't think it's going to be significantly, but I, if you had me guess today where his ADP was the next year, I'll say 60 to 65. Yeah, that's fair. I could see that. Not significantly. Would you like, Would you draft him there? No. <laughs> I feel yeah. I feel pretty close to the same as I did. He's a guy who can give pop, and he can provide a lot of pop. I don't. I never really questioned that. The batting average swings. I just. I don't. Yeah, it's like do you when you build your team, just a team construction thing. It's like, do you want to draft in like round? Let's say round four or round five, whatever. A middle infielder that is mostly a three category guy in in like standard batting average five by five you know um i'm just not building my team like that i don't think you know it's i'm gonna try it if i'm taking a guy that high it's probably gonna be a or a hitter that high it's gonna be a guy that's probably providing me with more um speed or that i trust a little bit more for batting average i mean I feel like you can get power later. Yeah, this, I don't think I'm going to build my team that way. Now, granted, we're not to that point in the process yet where you know, maybe something will stick out to me in the offseason that I don't see right now when I'm looking through players and evaluating stuff. But I just um, 
I don't think I'm going to be drafting Brandon Lau in like round four. I just I don't see it. I think I already know this answer, but Brandon Lau or Jonathan India in 2022. India. Yeah, I figured you'd say that. But, but I I do think that, like, I'm kind of expecting India to go later than Lau, so. Maybe that's part of it too, but it probably won't be a lot later though. And I, I think value wise, I think they're I think pretty similar. They're, it's just yeah, a, I think they're pretty close. Yeah. yeah, it's a personal preference thing with me, but with India, but like I mean, I'll admit Brandon Lau. Like if I'm projecting, he's I'm projecting Brandon Lau for more homers for sure. So it's you know it's probably a little bit more trust in batting average, although. Maybe not a ton of that, but I think India provides more steals and has maybe more room for growth than Brandon Lau does. So that's probably what it is. But And I'll say this. Lau has 33 home runs right now with 85 runs and 82 RBI. I feel like that's the high end. I yeah. don't like I don't see I don't I would take the under on all three of those for next year. I just in terms of well, let me rephrase that. 85 and 82 plus another month here, two or three. Right, here, like at this time next year. Yeah, I'll yeah. take the under on all three of those. To where, yeah, I just, I'm I'm not bought in on this performance. I think he's going to be one of those guys that has peaks and valleys and ends up being a 230 type hitter most seasons. Well, the and the other thing is too, and I don't want to harp on it too much, but it's like it's still the race. You know, mm-hmm. like if he – if he goes through a brutal stretch, you still never know what can happen. I mean, this year against left-handed pitching, he has a 75 WRC plus, a 186 batting average. Um, just trying to pull his OPS. I don't see it. Uh, 626 OPS. So, you know, as good as he's been, and he's obviously been great, 35% K rate too. I mean, like, you just wonder, is there a point where he starts getting platooned? Now, granted, again, I'm not predicting that, but with the Rays, it's just kind of always in the back of my mind, especially when it's a guy that has kind of succeed or exceeded my expectations, and I know probably exceeded yours. You know, it's like he's not cheap in drafts you know it's we're kind of past that point with him so just all things i'm i'm thinking about it like i said i'm i'm not taking him in round four or five i don't think if your name is not wander franco there's a chance the rays might platoon you yeah <laughs> when it comes down to it and we're not gonna go into wander today but oh my what a what a run he's yeah. been on lately i i honestly have not even followed that closely but man i've been so good. seeing you you guys talking about him in the chats and I'm like, I need to, so I think it's 39. He left the game today with the, like a leg injury or something, but 39 straight games on base. Well, he's 20. He's 20. I I was about to say when you're a seasoned veteran like him, that's, uh, I mean, that may be why he's pulling this off. Yeah. Crazy. (laughs) Pretty impressive. Yeah. All right. Shortstop. We have a twin here to talk about, and it's another one that I've heard you talking about a little bit this last couple weeks, and that is Jorge Polanco. Uh, Through June 1st, he had a 
pretty mediocre batting line, a 225 batting average, 303 on base, 382 slug, an 88 WRC plus. So he was below average through that point. But since June 1st, 304 with a three batting average with a 353 on base, 566 slug, and a 147 WRC plus. 21 home runs and 7 steals, and this is all in 346 plate appearances. So he's definitely been he's been awesome in here basically after the first two months of the season. Polanco had an ADP of 238 on NFBC this past offseason. Andrew, do you think he could slip into the top 150 with this season line in second half? Yeah, I think he's going to go up for sure. Um, man, what a year. I mean, this was the guy that I kind of, in a few drafts where I missed out on shortstop early, I was kind of like, this was kind of my guy. I just thought he'd be reliable for batting average and playing time. And I didn't expect this. I mean, he's been awesome. I think 27 homers and 10 steals roughly, something Correct. like that. Yep. Um, 634 slug in the second half. I mean, he's been, he's been great. So yeah, I think he'll move up. I don't think he'll move up a ton. Um, and I don't, I don't know if he should. I mean, he's definitely had a really good year. Probably. Yeah. Um, but it, it seems to me like he's just a guy that, doesn't get a lot of respect i don't know like i i could see him looking like a value again next year but that said i i do think he'll move up so whether or not i'm in on him next year probably just depends how far but yeah i like him i mean i just i think he's solid he doesn't really like hurt you anywhere i mean he's pretty reliable across the board i feel like so and he's had a good enough year that I don't really think his playing time's in jeopardy either. You know, if you could have seen a scenario maybe where if he had a really bad year, it could have went the other way, and maybe they start to phase him out once, like, other guys kind of pop up. But, um, yeah, he's been he's been really good. Yeah, I think I'm going to be in on him next year, unless the price just gets bananas. But I think I'm with you that it's not going to get, like, into the top 100 or anything. And if that's the case, I could see myself buying him as one of those later shortstops if you've missed out on the elite guys. I've yeah. li- I've I've liked Polanco for a few years. I think going back to 2017, he had 13 homers and 13 steals. That was the year I started noticing him and was really intrigued by him. And I thought there was more power as I looked at the underlying numbers. I felt like there was more power in the bat. And he did show it in 2019 with 22 home runs. He only stole four bases. And I I remember I moved him that offseason in Dynasty League because the steals were dropping. And he did have ankle surgery that offseason. And, you know, only four home runs, four steals in the small season last year. But, you know, two years removed now from that surgery. And he is showing well and even getting chipping in some stolen bases. So, yeah, I think... I think I could see myself drafting that guy and hoping to get 20 home runs, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, and 10 steals and get some good counting stats because as long as he continues hitting decently and he's not a high strikeout guy, I think he can keep himself at the top of that lineup. 
So. Yeah, yeah, he was he was really good in um, 2019, and then mm-hmm. little down little down net last year, but obviously shortened season. Hard to know what to make of some of those guys, and yeah, right back this year. So I mean, he's got a shot at 30 home runs, and obviously already at double digit steals. So it's a really good season. I mean, if you if you look at, I was looking at him at one point next to like Trevor Story, and I mean, he's having just other than steals, he's having a better season. Trevor Story. Gee. I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy, but um, even some of the other the other uh, shortstops. I made the comment the other day. If you look at his line, it looks a lot like what you would have thought Xander Bogarts would be doing. You know, it's yeah, that's true. It really is. I mean, it's like exact replica. Like you know, power more power than speed. Good batting average. Good counting numbers. I mean, that's kind of what. And and again, I'm not saying that that's what he is going forward, but you know, when you know the guy's capable of that in a given year, I mean, and you get the depressed cost. I mean, it's. I'll be curious to see how far he shoots up. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be a lot. It's. I think some of that early stuff with like the early drafts depends on steamer or like projection systems when they come out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the projection systems will love him. I mean, it's kind of that's something that's kind of hard to predict, but. Um, yeah, I just think he's pretty solid across the board. Doesn't really hurt you anywhere. His home run to fly ball rate is a career high at fourteen seven, but that's not an insane number. Like, I mean, he's been below ten every single season before this year. But yeah, that's that's not un, that's that's doable. I mean, again, I'll take the under on twenty seven homers next year, though. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I would project like around twenty. Yep. 20 to 22, maybe somewhere in there. 18 to 22, yeah. Yeah, same ballpark there. Okay, let's take a quick break, and we have a couple outfielders we'll be talking about whenever we get back. Well, Andrew, while we were on break, you just let me know I never even put a third baseman in here. So, well, I told you guys at the beginning of the show we were going to cover every position, and I lied to you all. I think Brandon Lau at one point had third base eligibility, didn't he? Possibly. I I don't know. We're just going to say he did, and he's our second base, third base, so we still covered it, but not in the way I planned on. So... Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> I got some outfielders here, and we got three of them. And we're going to start off with a guy who has is going to win a lot of people leagues, and that would be Starling Marte. On April 18th, Marte suffered what I think, if I recall right, was an oblique injury, and it cost him six weeks. At that point, he had only played 16 games, but it had been pretty good. 310 batting average, 414 OBP, two home runs, three steals, 149 WRC plus. Real good player. For he's he's been good the last few years. He was kind of more the same, it felt like. But in terms of fantasy, he's been he has not been the same since. He's exploded since he returned from that injury on May 28th. In 355 plate appearances. He has a 317 batting average with a 390 on base, eight home runs, but a ridiculous 39 stolen bases in 41 attempts. 
His steals by month from uh, June through August were 9 in June, 11 in July, and 19 stolen bases in August. As I said, Marte is winning leagues for a lot of owners this year just off of those steals. But the question is, what do you do with him for 2022? I've liked Marte a lot the last few years as he's been a good combo of power and speed that you could get in the third or fourth round. But his steals were dropping ever since 2017 when he stole 21 bags in a half a season. He had 33 in 2018, 25 in 2019, and only stole 10 in a shortened 60-game season in 2020. Going into the year, I was projecting like a low 20s stolen base total. Um, because he was trending down. And now he goes and steals 42 in a contract year, Andrew, and this is the season's not over yet. How soon do you pull the trigger on Marte in a 2022 redraft league? I think if you want him, you're going to have to take him... Man, I think I think he's gonna go like around the wheel. Oh man! Like I think he's gonna probably go in the early part of the second round, if I had to guess. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just so. How soon do you pull the trigger? I mean, it's it's gonna be early. Like if you if you want him, it, you, that's yeah, you're gonna have to do it. I mean, he has put this in perspective he has 27 steals in the second half trey turner has 26 for the season i mean just to kind of show like he's just kind of blowing everybody out of the water and um in steals you know it's pretty crazy i mean i don't know if it'll be me but the one thing i'll say with with Marte is i mentioned this the other day but I don't think, like, if you take him, if he's, like, your second-round pick, let's just call him a second-round pick. I don't think in most leagues he'll probably go in the first, so we'll just say second-round pick. I don't think it's probably going to kill you. Like, I think, you know, the steals, I mean, I wouldn't project him to get as many as he has this year. I'd probably project him for a few more homers than he has this year, like, closer. You know, I think it's, like, I think he's at, like, 10 and 42. So, you know, I'd project closer to... 2025 or 2520, you know, whatever you want to call it. But um, I don't think he's going to burn you, I guess is the best way I can put it. I just, I mean, even if it isn't quite like I made the comment, if your second round pick performs like a fifth rounder, I mean, you're all is not lost, you know, like your season isn't in shambles. And I think he's pretty reliable. So, um, yeah, huge year. I mean, I don't really think he's going to stop running anytime soon. I mean, I guess he could, but like I read somebody, I think it was on Twitter saying he has the slowest sprint speed he's had in a few years. And they just, they speculated that he's just reading pictures so well that it doesn't matter. And I mean, that's a real thing, you know, like that's not something that's just going to go away next year. At least I wouldn't think, I mean, that would be pretty shocking. So yeah, I mean, I think he's going to go in the second round, probably the early part of it. You know, the only thing about it that makes me raise my eyebrow is he's doing this in a contract year because he wasn't attempting bases like this before. 
man, I I I like Marte, and I he's one of my guys I really like in the league. So a lot. So I really would. I hope it continues. I think you brought a really good point when you said that the other day, and I I I'm still trying to process where I would go with him. But the idea of even if you take him in the second, he does—he is one of those high-floor guys if he stays healthy. Yeah, yeah. And if he ends up on—I mean, he could be, end up on a team that actually doesn't— like, he's played in two of the worst hitter parks for power in Miami and Oakland this year. So he only has 10 home runs, but that could, that could bounce back up to 20 home runs real easy if he ends up going right. somewhere that's even a neutral park. Yeah, and it's not a guy that you're worried about playing time. I mean, he's a high he's a high batting average floor type player, I think. Um and you know, a lot of a lot of the intrigue with him is just his ability to do that on the base paths to where like whatever real life team that he's on, I mean, I don't think they're gonna be putting up a red light on him, you know. They're gonna be letting him run. So He's I mean, twenty-two again, for twenty-two uh, for the A's alone. I mean, right, the, as yeah. of the other day. Yeah, um, yeah. Again, I don't. I I wouldn't like project him to repeat this, but I don't know if he necessarily has to for you to be happy about the pick. I mean, I wouldn't think it would be terrible to st- start your team with like an ace in him, you know. But um, yeah, those will be things we kind of comb through in the off season, but. Yeah, like I said, I, I think he's going to go in the second round, if I had to guess his ADP, like 16 to 25, somewhere in there. And then I think there will probably be drafts where he even goes like late in the first, somebody that really wants him and is just willing to wait till the second to grab their other guy, whether it be a pitcher or whatever it is. Let's play a him or him game with him versus a few outfielders here. Um, you know, we've got Soto. It's gonna He's going to be behind him. What about, are you saying? Are you saying like for me? Yeah, like for who you, I would take for you okay. next year. Let's him versus Mookie Betts. Man, it's. I think it's close. Yeah, I think it's close. I'm not really sure. I feel like it's like Mookie is dealing with hip issues now and he he has stopped running as much the last few years I mean yeah I I think I think they're gonna I think they're probably gonna get drafted around the same spot yep um I think I'd go Mookie, man, but know. it's close it's definitely close yeah what about, uh, I can't believe I'm even asking this question, him versus Mike Trout if you're drafting this Same winter. thing. I think it's the same thing. I think it's close. I, I was thinking about Trout, and I I think he's going to go around the wheel too. I agree. That next year. I, I remember um, this year, coming into this season, saying really early in the process, like November, December, I was like, I could see Trout kind of moving to the back part of the first round because you know he's not the ace he's not the guy that's going to provide speed and so many people are trying to grab onto any of that um that you know he's just he's more of a power and average guy which is fine now but those guys 
you know, they were just kind of getting pushed back a little bit. And he did, you know, he kind of went like closer to the middle of the first round. And now we've seen a full year of Mike Trout being hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's going to get pushed back. I, I don't think that he'll get to the second, like ADP wise. I mean, I think he's probably still going to go in the first, but I think there's a chance that you're taking or that you're getting Mike Trout at like picks 13 to 15 next year. Like it wouldn't surprise with some me leagues where he goes fifteen to or sixteen to eighteen. Pos- yeah, yeah. Some possibly. leagues. I'm not saying ADP. Yeah, I think I think if I had to guess his ADP, I would say like thirteen, twelve, thirteen, something like that. Man. Um. I. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I would take him over Marte, but it's not by a ton. No, I mean, it's yeah, it's not by a ton. Remember your boy Bryce Harper. Harper I agree but we're in the range I mean it is this is the range for Marte at least at least next year you know and you know we'll see what happens but like you're if you're looking at this and projecting steals and even batting average I mean like as much as I love Harper you know Marte is gonna steal more bases than him and he's like if you're projecting batting average which is obviously a Weird thing to project. I mean, Harper's actually hitting for a high average this year, but mm-hmm. I'd probably project Marte for a higher batting average, or at least close. Agreed. You know, now, obviously you're projecting Harper for more power, so it's close. I love Harper, and he's having a huge year. I, I would take Harper, but um, I don't think it's crazy. The phrase so. I've heard you use a lot that I tend to use a lot now too is unique skill set, and that's what Marte offers. What about Kyle yeah. Tucker and Luis Robert? Yeah, Marte above those two because that's kind of the next yeah. group down. Yeah, I would take Marte over them. Yeah. So Marte for you is at the bottom of that elite tier, basically. I say. Elite, yeah, I think so. Like. I think so. Yeah. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with Mookie yet. So um, I know I kind of hesitated on him, but be curious to see kind of how it gets laid out next year. I, I definitely think Marte is going to go really high and and if somehow Marte is going like in the late second or early third I mean I'm in I'm gonna be in Mm -hmm. on him if he's going you know somewhere in there as far as like the wheel like I was saying I I don't know if I will be but I don't think I don't think I'll hate it either I mean he's I I don't I just don't think that you can sit there and think you know if you don't want to think he's going to steal 45 next year that's fine but like are you, do you really feel strongly that he won't steal like 25? Yeah. I mean, 25 to 30 with a good batting average and counting stats and like all that stuff. I mean, I, I think that's what he is. So If you went through my draft and hold teams, the number one thing you'd see I'm weak at is stolen bases. And I've definitely gone the pocket aces route, and that's been a big reason why, is if you do that, that's the thing you're struggling to find. And I might be a little more conscious of trying to get a little more speed early. And Marte is a guy, yeah, guys like that. I could be, I could see myself being a little more aggressive on them to make sure I don't miss out and still trying to get a couple aces early. The other big thing this year, too, and I don't know if this will be the case next year, but the huge thing for Marte and his value this year is just how much he's blown away the field in steals. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you, you know, that's something that it's, you can't basically, project that. it's in, right. You can't project. I mean, wit has got 42, but 
other than that, or 40 also, I should say. Yeah, it's exactly 40. But, um, like, the next most is, most is Mullins at 28. I mean, so that just kind of shows you, and especially when you consider how that he was out for a bit. I mean, he's kind of at a 50-plus steal pace, you know, for the year. You know, next year, if Mondesi's healthy and or Trey's running again, you know, there's different things that could happen where maybe that separation that has caused his value to be so high this year is a little bit lower, but at the same time, I mean, it's kind of nitpicky and it's hard to predict. Let's move on to outfielder number two here. And this is another guy who looked lost early, and that would be Jorge Soler. I think we were both kind of intrigued by him at his 142 ADP this last offseason. Felt like an outfielder who was, um, I should say, he felt like a DH who was eligible at outfielder, outfield. Because we had all those DH guys like Nelson Cruz, Stanton, um, Fran Mill, and all that. And Soler felt like he was a similar player, but who had outfield eligibility. So instead in the first half, we were getting a player that was droppable in most redraft formats. In his first 307 plate appearances, he was hitting 183 with a 279 OBP, a 309 slug with six home runs, and a WRC plus of 63. Bad. And since July 7th, he's been on he's been the Solaire we have become accustomed to in previous seasons. A 265 batting average, 360 on base, 584 slug, 16 home runs, a WRC plus of 148 in 193 plate appearances. I remember I'm in a I'm in a 12-team league where I ended up dropping him. Just He was so bad, and I had plenty of outfielders. I ended up cutting him in that league in June. Definitely regret that now. Uh, season line is only 215 with 22 home runs, and that might mask this second half to some. With this surge, do you think you'll be in on him next year? I assume his price will probably drop from that 142 ADP this last season. Yeah, I wonder. I don't. I'm curious where it'll be. Um, but yeah, possibly. I mean, guy that if you wait on power, or, you know, you're taking like speed and pitching early. You definitely can get him a little bit later. Um, man, I was trying to buy him in uh, Dynasty League when he was bad, and it didn't work, unfortunately. Um, 273 60 you know 273 average 16 homers in the second half been really good you know obviously he's displayed a lot of power in the past and he goes to Atlanta and it's just like that slump almost never happened you know so seven homers in July eight in August uh and he's been hitting two consistently for the Braves which has been good lineup lately so gotta like that uh yeah I mean I think I don't know if it'll drop, really. You think it'll drop? Yeah, I do. That's what is that? That's like round ten. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, I think it depends some on where he signs too. Well, uh, he won't be signed in the early part of the off season, I would assume. So, well, yeah, we've I just got mean all the like, stuff. So, if you're doing a draft and hold this off season, you don't know. So, I think that that could give you an opportunity where maybe whenever he's not on a team, you know, we, you and I, I've been doing d- draft and holds the last two off seasons now. So I'm becoming more accustomed to 
realizing that a lot of free agents drop just because they're not signed. And between that and when you yeah, look that at is, a season line, that is true. When you look at that and a season line, it's like, yeah, I think he's going to drop from 140. I would like, I was just looking at ADP from this last off season. I I wouldn't surprise me if he's like 180 to 200. And the early if part. he is, if he is, I'll probably be in. Uh, this was when we were talking about doing this podcast, like guys that have. I think your term was guys that, like, if you look at the season line and you haven't paid attention to just the second half part, you wouldn't know. Like, it doesn't look that great, or something like that. And he, this was the first guy I thought of. The very first guy. It was like Jorge Soler's got to be on this show. So yeah, it's just um, definitely be good, been good second half. And like like you said, yeah, if you look at the full season line, I mean, it doesn't look great. But um, if you wait on power, it's a guy that's I think goodbye. Especially you know where he'll probably be going. You might be right about that. He may drop a little bit. And you're definitely right about the guys that aren't signed go later. I mean, I don't know why people freak out about that really i mean i guess I there's some risk that I, they do yeah i guess there's some risk but if, if it's a guy that you know is gonna sign like what's the difference you know like why wouldn't you take advantage of that i don't know that's just kind of how i view it but even jonathan vr who was the one that i got in on before he signed and i i in one league i spent i took him too early it, it like I was really feeling sick about it whenever he signed with the Mets and looking at the, like he was with the talk in spring training, he was going to be a super utility. I'm like, man, this may not, this may go bad, but you know what? He's been all right. Whenever you look yeah. at the season stats to where, yeah, I mean, I'll continue to taking that chance with free agents and I might get burned every once in a while, but I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep doing it. Okay, we got one last outfielder, and I'll admit, compared to everybody we've talked about before, this one's different. It's kind of cheating. Uh, this player's had a good season, but I wanted to discuss him with this strong second half after a first half that felt out of nowhere, and that would be Cedric Mullins. He had an amazing first half of the season. Going into the All-Star break, he had a 314 batting average, a 380 on-base percentage, a 541 slug and a 150 WRC plus with 16 home runs and 16 steals. All of this in 380 plate appearances. And I put out some dynasty ranks right over the all-star break. And I caught a lot of flack from you and many others for having him at 42 overall in those rankings, specifically ahead of Christian Yelich. But Mullins has continued to produce in the second half in 191 plate appearances. He has a 289 batting average, which I do think is closer to what you should be projecting him at. Uh, 347 on base with a 509 slug, a 133 WRC plus with nine home runs and 10 steals in 191 plate appearances. Amongst outfielders on fan tracks, he's been the sixth best outfielder since the All-Star break, and he's second amongst outfielders year-to-date, only behind Fernando Tatis Jr., who just became eligible in the outfield in the last week or two. So, as we record, 
He's the only tw- the only the only player in the bigs with 25 home runs and 25 steals, unless Tatis stole his 25th bag in the last day or two since I made these notes. I I, yeah, I don't think so. So it, he's the only 25-25 guy. Legit chance at 30-30. I think he homered again tonight as we record this. Andrew, are you ready to consider this guy a top 30 player going into next season? Oh, man. <laughs> a guy that was basically free no, last I'm, offseason. No, no, I'm not. I, I, this dude, like, I just don't, I don't even know what to make of it. It's just, it's absolutely insane what he's doing. There's mm-hmm. no doubt. Like, he's having a huge season. And it's cool to see. I've I've always liked him, like, way earlier, you know. Just years ago, I I owned this guy, but. We're just kind of at the point now where I, I don't I don't even know like going forward as far as if I'm in on his price. I have no clue what his price is gonna be. I I know I was saying to you, like one of the moments that I cannot wait for this offseason, it's gonna be early because I'm gonna probably do a draft right right after the World Series, but um I cannot wait for the first time like when I see his name on the board, like <laughs> call off the board. I just I'm so curious to see where this is going to be. I just, I don't know. Like it's, it's just a lot to take in. Like it's, it's going to be high. I, and I don't know if I'm going to be in my inkling. My guess is probably not, but I get it. I mean, he does, he's doing everything like batting average, stolen bases, power. I mean, top of the lineup job security it's it's pretty much all there right now so um i i can't fathom like i can't imagine that i'm going to be sitting there in the second round and be like click cedric mullins and click draft i just i can't (laughs) imagine that so i guess no i'm not ready to consider him that but obviously he can be that so i feel like you're paying for last year's stats you know that's like the number one thing they always say in fantasy like don't do that and um but yeah, it's it's a huge year. I mean, he's going to shoot way up. I mean, would you take him in round two? I'm starting to think I might. I I don't know, and I'm going to have to really think about it. But I, it, it could be one of those things that blows up in your face. But I also feel like he, I I think there's a good chance he can go 2020 again next year, kind of like Marte. Now he doesn't have the track record Marte has, and I would definitely take Marte first. But if he's there at the late second, early third, maybe. It just depends. I got to see what's there around him. It's going to be so weird to see his name go off that spot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm not even saying it's not warranted. I'm not. Like, it is, you know, it's with what he's done. It's just. Let's do a him or him game. You've clearly, you're not taking him like the the Mookie Trout Harper. You're not taking him in that tier. So we're going to move down to the next tier. And I'm gonna see if I can get you to take him over where where I can get you to like take a player take him. Kyle Tucker, another guy who's ADP I don't think you were thrilled with this last offseason. Where did he he was like round three, right? He was late second. He most drafts I was in, he was gone before thirty. He was like twenty seven to thirty, but like it seemed like twenty five to thirty. 
And I think that's the spot that we see Mullins in next year. If not sooner. I'm pretty sure I would take Tucker. Okay. He's he's at 24 home runs and 12 steals in 117 games. Yeah, he's been really good. And the batting average has and, gone up all year long. He he had a lot of bad batting average luck in the early part of the season. He was hitting 230 when I traded for him in a dynasty league right around Memorial Weekend. I think it was Memorial yeah. Weekend. Yeah, I think Tucker. Okay. What about Lou Bob, Luis Robert? You want to talk about thinking, this? Is an interesting. I was thinking combo. about this one the other day. I think it actually was because I saw this and knew that we would be talking about it. Another power speed oh, guy. What do you think? What would you take? Mullins. I get it if someone wants to take Robert, but me personally, I think I'm going Mullins. And I know it's crazy because Mullins was a guy you were taking in the what like late reserve rounds and draft and holds. What was his ADP? I'm pu- I'm pulling it up now because I am curious. I got him. I know in my TGFBI league, I took it was, it's thirty round. That's not a draft and hold. It's thirty uh-huh. round draft, and I took him in round thirty. It was literally the last round of the draft. ADP all offseason. Probably by the end of it, he might have gone up because it looked a little better for him getting playing time. I think. But it was four oh nine during the whole off season. Yeah, I remember having the, I, I remember making the comment in the RM two chat, and I think it was something like, "Oh, I'm going to see if Mullins leads off, and if he doesn't, I'm going to draw. He'll be my first drop." That was <laughs> that was like the or conversation we were having because I I think I was between a few guys for my last pick, and um, yeah, it was something like that. Like, oh, if he starts at lead off, I'll hang on to him, but if he doesn't. I'll drop him for, you know, whatever. So his very his latest he went was five eighty eight, which would have been the fortieth round, basically. Somebody in some draft and hold took him in the fortieth round I of think, the draft and hold. I think Robert Mullins is really close. Yeah. I don't I'm not opposed to taking Mullins there. I, I think it's close. Let's talk about a couple guys that slipped this year. Christian Yelich, and then a guy I think you still seem like you might. I think you're going to be in on him this offseason. I, I would take. I would take Mullins over Yelich. Okay, and the last one I wrote: if you're taking Mullins over Yelich, you're taking him over Bellinger too. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would take him over Bellinger. And we'll we'll set, we'll hold the Bellinger. Bellinger. Yeah. Bell. I'm like <laughs> yeah. I'm not even. Bellinger is going to have to drop like serious. I. I don't know how far where I would even be at the point where I'm in, but like I've heard people say, oh, maybe it'll be a third or fourth round pick. It's like, I don't want that dude in the third or fourth round. Are you kidding me? Have you watched this season? Like, <laughs> he's terrible. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be that way forever, but third, fourth round, I mean, that that's studs we're talking about, you know? Mm-hmm. I just think there's a new level of adjustment that has to come for Cody Bellinger for me to get anywhere near excited about it. it not even close. Like, if he's going off in even the fourth round, I, I have no interest. Uh, yes. Oh, man. So, uh, let's... What, t- I mean, what do you think? What do you think? I know it's a little off the path. Yeah, no. I, I'm going to have to dive into him more, but it just depends on price. I could see myself being in, but, I mean, he... Like, the more I, I have done a little looking into him, and he's been a lot worse than I realized. I mean, he almost has to get back to... 
you know, border bordering on MVP stuff to get like return value on that pick. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I mean, again, you know, fourth round pick, if he performs like a seventh or eighth rounder, it's not killing you probably, but he has not been a seventh or eighth rounder. This yeah. Year. He's just been so bad this year. I mean, really, really, really bad. That, yeah. I, I definitely need to see an adjustment in his draft cost. I'll be really curious. Yeah. I probably am going to steer clear in the early going if it was the fourth, just because I don't, I don't know. I, I pro- you're probably right. It's not enough of a discount for me to get in, but, I think it might. We've kind of talked about we've kind of talked about how sometimes these, like the name value drives or keeps them these players coming off bad seasons. It keeps them drafted higher than they probably should be just because of the name on the jersey, you mm-hmm. know. And I could see that happening with some of these guys. And be curious. Yeah. That's going to be a good conversation going on this offseason. Okay, we're going to take one more break here, and then I got a couple last things before we get out of here tonight. All right, Andrew. The first game of the season was last night. The I had a doubleheader for softball. I missed quite the game. The Tampa Bay Bucks ended up beating the Cowboys in a really in a fun high scoring game that went late. But I thought it'd be fun. We do this most of the, or I think we do this every January. We do a uh, Super Bowl predictions, and I thought it'd be fun to do this right now at the beginning of the season. So. Let's just make a quick Super Bowl prediction before the season starts. Who do you think will be in the Super Bowl, and who do you think your winner? Who pick a winner? I'm gonna take. Mine's gonna be pretty boring. <laughs> I'm gonna take Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Well, at least you didn't pick the Chiefs. And I almost picked the Chiefs actually, <laughs> but. Yeah, I'll just be a little different. Take Buffalo, and I think Tampa repeats. Yeah, you know, as I was thinking about it this week, I'm like, this is almost feeling like the NBA right now in terms of, like, predictability, in terms of how confident. Like, I feel more confident about the Super Bowl and who's going to be in it right now than I've felt before a season maybe in my life. At least my adult life. I mean, it like in the AFC. Well, any, I mean, anything can happen with injuries and correct, stuff. But. Correct. And I just feel like it's, I, and that, that could be said any season. I just feel like it seems like Tampa to me. I just don't see. I mean, the Packers are going to be there in the playoffs most likely as long as Rodgers is healthy. They're, the Rams have got Stafford now. I was going to say, I was going to say, I think the Rams could do it too. Yep. I wouldn't be, I mean, improved quarterback. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. Um, you got to have a pass rush to beat Brady. Yeah, and they've that's got the what defense. They have. Yeah. So. Yeah, they've got the like right formula to beat pretty much anybody. I mean, whether they do it or not is another question. But yeah, they could. I but I just feel let's not let's not turn this into a football show now. <laughs> no, we're we're just gonna touch on this bit. But I'm gonna pick the Bucks over the Chiefs. I'm going with the Super Bowl rematch. Super Bowl same finish, and as I did that earlier this week, I'm like, man, 
it's like the NBA where one, two teams are in the championship and then you're predicting them to go back again because that's what happened in the NBA for the majority of the LeBron era. Yeah. Okay, so we got that out of the way, and I thought I'd close this off and tell you. I don't think I've told you this yet. I am buying tickets to go see my last Springfield Cardinals game tomorrow because I get to go see the Battle of the Julio Rodriguez's tomorrow. Nice. Julio Rodriguez, the catcher for the Cardinals, is going to square <laughs> off against Julio Rodriguez. I think he's an outfielder for the Mariners or something. Yeah, something like that. I just wa- I I accidentally You said the games tomorrow? They they yeah, Julio's been in town all week and I haven't been yet. I've been kind of busy all week with different things. And tonight I just checked to see if Julio was in the lineup. Uh, yeah, four for five with two home runs tonight. (laughs) I wish I had told you, let's record Saturday and I've gone to that. (laughs) So hopefully he saved a little bit, but yeah, I'm going to go see Julio play tomorrow. It'll be my second top 10 prospect. Actually, my, uh, where do you, uh, man, I wonder where he'll go in drafts next year. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, they never even got to double triple A. I don't think that's going to affect his draft cost that much. I, I I would guess like around where Kellenic went this year. You think that's about right? Where's Kellenic? Like twelfth round? Like round twelve? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think twelve to fifteen range will probably yeah. be it. That's about where Kellenic was, like twelve to fifteen. Yeah. Do you think you'll be in on him there? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I, I will. Idea. I, the Mariners are. I mean. You said I, you didn't think it affected his draft position, and I agree. But the thing is, the Mariners waited a lot longer than we were expecting for Kelnick to make his debut. And for the fact that they didn't even get him to AAA, I think they're building in an excuse. But all that said, we also have a labor negotiation to go through, and the whole rules could be different. So maybe that's a reason to do it, because I don't think teams are going to have as long of control. And I, th- I think they're... I don't know. I think there are going to be a lot of changes to where maybe, maybe, maybe the yeah. holding him back isn't such a thing. But that's yeah, more. To, could be. That's something more to think about this off season. But I hope. Hopefully, I'll get to see him deposit a couple of shots into the grass like he did tonight. So. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'll be curious to see how it goes. Yep, I'll be getting tickets right down the third base line, trying to get an autograph, but. I don't know if I mentioned this when I went and saw Abrams play earlier this year. I, th- Because of all the nets that are up and COVID and everything else, the fan accessibility is a lot tougher to come by this year, and I don't think yeah. those guys are coming near us to where. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see them up close, and I'll get some photos, and I'll probably put some videos on Twitter tomorrow night of him, but I don't think I'll probably get a signed ball or anything like I did with Tatis Jr. a couple years back. Have you yeah, been, it'd be it'd be fun. You haven't made a minor league game this year, have you? No, I haven't. Was was it just pure pure laziness? I guess <laughs> I I don't know. It's well one of the one of the ones uh, by me. They didn't have or um, they don't have a minor league team anymore. So oh really? Or the state? Yeah the um, the stadium they changed it or something i forget when they like redid the miners so yeah they moved i mean there's else. there's other ones but no i just i just haven't gotten to one which so. was the one you lost 
What what organization? Uh, was Kane County. That was I'm pretty pot. Yeah, it was the Diamondbacks. Okay. Um, that's where I saw like Christian Robinson and all mm-hmm. that. I don't. At least I don't believe. I mean, I know early on they they were saying that was booted, and I don't. I don't think that they. Um, You're probably right. That they have anybody there, so. That sucks, and I feel bad for teams. That, or I mean, and like I said, like that's that. just one of them. That's still it's a bad excuse because I could have gotten to other ones, but yeah, it, it's. I've got one thirty minutes from my house. It's basically in a, it's in a town I'm in every day, so I don't. I mean, you're at least having to drive an hour and a half, two hours to the closest one, right? Right. Yeah. Well, a little less than that, I'd say, but yeah. It's a fair excuse, though. That that is a much. It's a fair excuse. So, yeah. Well, keep watching me on Twitter tomorrow. On I say tomorrow. I, we're recording on Friday. Check out my Twitter on Saturday night, and you will see some Julio Rodriguez at-bats get posted on there. And we'll be back probably, I don't know if it'll be next week, probably the week after next as, we just, as we're getting late in the season. We've kind of been doing an every-other-week thing, and we'll come up with something else to talk about. Maybe we'll talk about second-half pitchers. I went through hitters and realized i've got a lot of them maybe we'll do pitchers maybe we'll have something else but we'll be back in a couple weeks before the season ends and we'll have some more content for you you got anything else before we get out of here nope i think i'm good okay until next time keep keep, uh keep grinding everybody yes three weeks more weeks yeah Few more weeks. So. Three weeks. Watch those lineups. Make sure you're looking at where you're at on the standings on every category. Even if you got to do something that looks weird, do what it takes. Yep. All right. Take care, everybody. Yep. Take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, We would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 